Everly Railway Workshops, Sydney. Heritage and nostalgia. Well, where to begin? I, mean, I suppose the obvious thing is that people always say when you remember an event from the past, you do erase the painful elements of it. And I think when you're talking about urban memory, you erase the smells of it and the grime of it. And if you're talking about a railway workshop or, or goods yards or whatever, the memory of coal getting up your nose and, and into your clothing and, and that sort of thing tends to be something that drops off the memory shelf earlier and and you you, you remember the, the excitement or the the noise or the, the sense of going somewhere or the modernity that's associated with the train. If you see if you people in the 1920s, for instance, who rem, would, would remember in their old age when the trains first came to Sydney. It's a rather enormous building. It's 180 metres by 90 metres. Wow. And it has, I think, uh, 12 bays long, but we only worked on five of them. And within those five bays, I think it's only five, let me just check, one, two, three, four, five, five, five bays, we've built a new performing arts centre, the carriage works. The building was originally used for the construction of new railway carriages. And the railway carriages used to come down this way on tracks, and then they used to be carried on some cranes to have different things done to them. Parts of it were used for making motors as well, but it was principally for carriage construction. Well, individual memories are obviously going to be linked to how you sat yourself in that place that you're remembering, how, whether you were happy or unhappy. Um, the official social history has got a, a more political context to it. It depends who's doing the remembering and for what purpose. The collective memory of, of a place like Everly would say this is a profoundly important heritage site in the history of railways in the world but the individual person who's gone there day after day and done a routine job that he's been badly remunerated for need not necessarily see himself as part of an important endeavour unless that's pointed out and sometimes when that collective story gets told to the individual it is very validating for them. The brief was for three performance spaces one very large one, two smaller ones, and the very large one had to be 12 metres high. The underside of the trusses was nine metres and re required the removal of a, a row of columns down the centre. It had to go to the Heritage Council. The building has national heritage significance and uh, was very contentious. Finally, we did get it through. It was difficult. And uh, we've reused the trusses. We think of them as a row of dancers, um, ballet dancers or something, you know, and that signifies the building. Well, it's, it's incredibly difficult. It keeps the building, it keeps the sense of the hugeness of the undertaking, the grandeur of it, that respect, I suppose, for that as a work site. And then to fill it with drama and, and dance and whatever is... You know, it, it, 
it takes away, again, the meaning of, of, of what the place was, but it keeps it in the public domain, which I think is important, because often the solution to everything is turn it into apartments for the rich. Now, I suppose you could say that art and performance and so on are for the rich too, but we could imagine a society where all the workers had equal access to that sort of use. We tend to try not to demolish anything if we can and to try and insert whatever we can in the building in a way that reveals the old as well as the new. So we don't really have an aesthetic approach, so to speak, but the aesthetics comes out of that approach. Uh, it's funny, you know, because I never think of aesthetics and I don't think... Uh, it's, it's never part of my language and never thinking about an aesthetic for a building. Uh, in a way, the aesthetics comes out of the function. And so that's why I think I'm a modernist. I think that uh, form does follow function. In a building like this, we just had the most... Um, we had this fabulous legacy of this enormous spaces. We could separate everything so we could actually see the new buildings as opposed to just hitting the old building in uncomfortable ways. And so being able to separate the new from the old has made it that much richer because you can see the old everywhere and you can see the new everywhere. There's clarity. Given that all urban land is contested land and there are all sorts of potential uses, it's very much a debate of the mind as to whether we're looking at something that's worthy of preservation, beautiful, attractive, ugly as sin, should be got rid of, you know, just at that visual level, let alone talking about memories of past working practices that may or may not be valued by the people who did them. It's very rare you get the luxury of the amount of space you've got here, so you can articulate everything, separate everything relatively easily. I don't know if we can walk down there. But... Well, Nigel, do you think we should have a look at the rest of the building? This is what it was like when we first entered the space. Isn't this the most beautiful space? We like old bits of timber because they remind us of, of a million layers of things that have happened. But we don't remember the rats. We don't remember the back-breaking illnesses, the, all of those sorts of things that went with that site. And that's very, very difficult to know how to do that, which is history. But if we can locate ways of using these sites of nostalgia to pull people up and make them think about the reality of what it actually meant to be doing these things and what, what the reality of, of working on the wharves, for instance, was, and the reality was a shorter lifespan than, than we would expect to have today. The reality was that your back had probably be crooked by the time you were 30, that you know you might work a 40-hour shift and, and just become incredibly ill but have to go back the next day because if you didn't, the wife and kids were going to starve. All of those sorts of, of things. We're looking at the building. It's a great building, isn't it? Isn't that a gorgeous building? <laughs> we're all nostalgic when it comes to the, the point where we say, well... Let's put back the rats. Let's put back the horse shit and piles of, of manure that would have been lying around. We don't want to do that.
we all want to sanitise it when it comes down to it. You have been listening to Station 3 of Ghost Train, Memories of the Everly Railway Workshops in Sydney, now repurposed as an arts and technology precinct. You heard the voices of Brian Zuleika and Shirley Fitzgerald. <laughs>